0: This is Therapy Insider's podcast from UpDoc Media. Thanks for tuning in. All right, on this episode, we are sticking with the strength and conditioning, fitness, exercise theme within the physical therapy realm. Our guest, Scotty Butcher, delves into this with us. Granted, we go on plenty of our typical tangents and talk about a lot of other things as well. So if you're a Star Wars fan... Stick around to the end where we devolve into our breakdown of our favorite Star Wars movies. Which I I think that's a logical conversation to have at some point anyway with Rogue One out there. And apparently I'm the only one that hasn't seen it yet. However, up until that point, I think we have a a pretty good discussion and back and forth on what we see as the importance of exercise. And I think it's a good progression from the conversation we had last week with Scott Morrison about his views on integration and how exercise should be perceived from the start, and the start being physical therapy school, which we also cover in this podcast. So there's a ton of information, a ton of banter, a lot of back and forth. I think it was a very fun episode. We definitely had a lot of fun with it, and we look forward to hearing what you think as always. So enjoy the episode. Afterwards, tweet at us, message us, email us, let us know what you think.
1: What's up, Doc?
0: Hello, welcome back to Therapy Insiders Podcast. Dr. Gene Chirac here with Dr. Joe Palmer and Doctor Urson Religioso. All right, guys, physical therapy is in trouble. We it um, is. we we are in a a terrible, disjointed, absolutely broken profession that nobody should ever get into. And well, I don't even I don't even know why physical therapy exists at this point. <laughs> let's just, let's just pack it up. Let's just pack it up. And is this
1: the April podcast. And
0: let's just. <laughs> Let's just let's just call it a day. You know, we we had a nice little run from when we started. We we've evolved, we helped some people. Um and you know, wh- what's the point? Because that's that's what I'm getting when I'm on social media. That that's what I see. We 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 don't have an identity, we don't make enough money, um we don't help anybody. I I'm I am I am do not
1: help anybody, man. I, I know because I never, I never complained about that.
0: It's it's just I I, I don't even know what what to pro- if if I was a prospective college student looking at medical professions i would my my head would be so split if I'm doing research i would i would see I would see all these publications forbes um all all the main publications always having physical therapy in the top ten and I'd be like hey this is this seems like a nice profession get to work with people median salary eighty thousand dollars sure i'll i'll owe about a hundred some thousand dollars in student debt. But Hey, if Don't I make 80,000 uh, uh, a of the, year most
1: satisfying and happy professions too, with a
0: 1.2% uh, unemployment rate, That's but right. but then, but then I go into, and I'll be like, okay, look, may, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll take a, a deeper dive. Maybe I'll do a little bit more research. Maybe, maybe I'll go on, on, on the social media on, on the internet <laughs> and, and check it out. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll, maybe I'll see if there's a Facebook group for, for physical therapy. And then I'm like, Holy fuck, What's happening? If somebody reads the social media coming out about physical therapy, they're like what is what is happening with this profession? And to, to me, it it is mind boggling because it's the furthest thing from the truth. Because I think physical therapy has so much opportunity; it it's it's just it's just ripe for growth. And I think fitness and exercise and integration of strength and conditioning is there to to I don't I don't want to say for the taking because I think that undermines strength and conditioning coaches and other professionals that are doing a great job but just that integration even talking with scott last week um is just is just, is just there and and I, I know so i know social media need to take it with, with a grain of salt but even when the leaders of of the profession are, are falling into these traps that are perpetuating the negativity and perpetuating even the sarcastic nature that are meant to be funny and i get that but when that's constantly perpetuated that only just that's an anchor on this profession that i how do, how do we get rid of that
1: that's so funny that you're saying all this i just um i just don't interact with anyone like that so i don't see it anymore like literally as soon as don't, i hate see don't go to that that anymore, thing. anymore is what you're telling me because it's everywhere <laughs> no, man. no i'm i'm in every single social media channel ever It's just that like when a conversation just gets overly negative people start bitching and moaning i just like tune it out you know i don't uh i only interact with positive so I don't sometimes know. you gotta I fight mean, the good fight though well, yeah, it's just, I, I just feel like no argument has ever won on social media, so I never argue on social media anymore.
0: That's true. And um, that voice you hear is our guest, Scotty. Pipe down. We'll introduce you formally. Yeah. All
1: right.
2: All, all, right, all
0: right. Canadians. <laughs> Silly <We're> Canadians.
2: <laughs> yes. Sorry. Sorry. I, I, I just put my moose away. So. <laughs> put down your hockey puck. Close your beer.
0: Just wait a second. Okay. Calm it yeah. down. Um, yes. Yeah, so, uh, I, I get Erson. I get distancing distancing yourself from those those conversations, but they really are in, incredibly prevalent, and it's and that it, it, it there, there are some shining moments where where we see where we see it, it trying to push through And I know there there's some generational gaps and people have seen different have different experiences. I get that. And and physical therapy is is on that evolutionary kind of tipping point between kind of how it was and how it should be. And when that happens, there's there's a lot of opinions when that transition begins to happen, and I I know there I'm not saying don't argue I'm not saying don't have discussions because I think that that's part of it, but just just the negativity on the overall profession that that is hanging over some of these discussions, it it, it needs to go. It just needs to go, right, Joe?
3: I think so. I, I think that uh, there's no room, no room, no need for. It. I mean, everybody's got a different opinion, but uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think the negativity uh,
1: needs to be involved.
3: I mean, that's that's for anything. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's just the factor of social media in general. They're, they're just always outspoken people who complain about the same thing over and over again. And those are the people who I really don't argue with. I mean, absolutely, I don't mind discussions, but then. You know whether it's a forum or a blog or a facebook group it's always like the same people arguing the same thing just like how scott morrison said it last week like if you if you're still arguing the same exact points you have been for the past five or six years then you know i guess have fun with your life yeah Like, what are you actually saying what what are you actually saying
0: if you keep saying the same thing over and over and over and over right
1: have fun beating that dead horse still dead
0: and pro- probably pretty stinky. Yeah. Um well speaking no that's probably a bad transition I was going to say speaking <laughs> of stinky. Speaking of stinky dead horses. Dead horses. <laughs>
1: no, stinky After moose. A workout. Yeah, the moose. <laughs> right. Speaking of moose is
0: um moose, mo Mooses? Um, uh well I'd
2: like to say meese, but it's not. Meese. It's it's moose is plural and singular.
0: Okay, that's, yeah. that's something I learned right now. Um That's what he has I, at I've, the end. It is well, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and introduce our guest, Erson, because he's already ruined everything. So let's just let's just formally <laughs> get him ruined
2: out. Everything. There. Ruined everything. Ruined <laughs> everything. Well, let's quit now. Right. <laughs> and over.
1: Okay. Well, that was the transition. <laughs> that
0: was the transition.
1: All right. <laughs> Not one of our better ones. Our guest tonight is Dr. Scotty Butcher. Uh, he is a Canadian physio who's also a strength coach and a PhD um, physio researcher. In saskatchewan right he he once told me that Saskatchewan is just the place that I would fly over when I was flying from the East Coast to the West Coast, and I would never bother stopping there.
0: How do you know that was real? I thought that was made up in cartoons Saskatchewan. No, that's true,
2: man. Wow
1: no, it's not like um uh Gotham City or <laughs> Metropolis <laughs> A Canadian version of Metropolis. <laughs>
2: You know, we got a we got a shout out on The Rock's uh, new show. Is it Ballers? Is that uh, that what he does? Anyway, uh, they they were talking about going to you know sending somebody to go live in Saskatchewan, and uh, you know it's like who would ever want to live there?
1: Oh, <laughs> is it like Survivor?
2: <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
0: In my household, with a four and a half year old, The Rock is known as Maui from Moana. That that's all he is known as.
1: Oh well, yeah, well. <laughs> I mean, you could do worse. He 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 played he played Maui well.
0: That was a fantastic movie. And it was we've good. been playing those songs like on loop every day, no joke.
1: Uh, every day. I, I have all the
0: Moana songs stuck in my head right now, and I'm not I'm not really mad about it. At least those are all over the anything. Frozen.
1: The rock can actually sing really well too. I wouldn't say really well, but he Well, better than you right. think. Better than he deserves to. Right. That's true. Is better true. than me? Anyway, yeah, Scotty Butcher, also very big into strengthening and conditioning. He even teaches
2: and singing. And, and singing,
1: that... right. He sings strength and conditioning <laughs> at the university. Um, but you teach an, you teach entry-level strength and conditioning as well, right? One I teach the,
2: entry-level uh, strength and conditioning in our physiotherapy program.
1: Yes. More than just TheraBands. Uh, yeah. Whoa, nuts.
2: Blasphemy. He Crazy. He also
1: has uh, Strength Rebels, right? Yes. Rebel strength.
2: <laughs> Strength Rebels, you got it.
1: This is online social media, so welcome to the podcast tonight, Scott. Hey,
2: thanks very much for inviting me. No
1: problem.
0: He, uh, he, he just started on this podcast like a guy riding on a moose. He just came right in. Right. He, well, well, isn't that how we're supposed to do it?
2: Like, just I've got my scotch in my hand, I'm riding my moose, I'm good to go. <laughs> nice. that's, that's really how we start all our episodes, you're right. Fantastic. Riding on
0: a wild animal. Absolutely. So let, let, let's talk about strength and conditioning since we're 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 doing some heavy lifting anyway, metaphorically and philosophically. Let's just actually talk about heavy lifting. Is is there a disconnect, Scotty, between where strength and conditioning is in in the realm of fitness, the fitness industry, and where it should be in the PT or physio profession? Is it is there a place for it, and can the regular population that typically sees PT and the injuries that we deal with. Can we integrate strength and conditioning into the into that world?
2: Yes, and yes. And we're done, <laughs> folks. We're done. No, Thanks for coming. <laughs> No, it's. Uh, get on your moose and get the hell out. Yeah, that's right. I'm done. No, the uh, it, it's it's totally. I mean, the there, there's a lot of challenges, tons of challenges, which I'm sure we're going to spend our time getting into. But um, honestly, it it is the. You know, we had an article come out that saying that uh, it wasn't me that picked the title, but, you know, how strength training is going to save the physiotherapy profession. So you let off talking about are we in trouble. I, I don't know if we're in trouble per se, but I I think that we have the potential to be so much more for so many more people. And address a lot of the the issues that uh, are really global health issues and and uh, you know universal issues from a health perspective, with proper strength and conditioning that we're not doing now. So this this is everything from not just rehab. Um, you know the injury rehab but this is chronic disease rehab this is this is injury and chronic disease prevention this is morbidity mortality prevention this is this is huge and so is is there a need absolutely is there a market without a freaking doubt are we doing it not yet
0: joe so if if you're in the when you're in the clinic and you have medicare patients coming in and and you have a certain population that might be fairly deconditioned that that aren't exercising regularly what's what's the barrier to integrate strength training and strength and conditioning and then how can we do that on a regular basis and really still get get paid for it as a profession because ultimately you still have to get paid
3: Uh, i don't think the barrier is is about getting paid i think that uh you, you can you can you can code it in, in such a way that that you can strength train and get paid that that's I don't think that's the barrier um i i think the barrier is uh self-imposed i think i think uh you know to some extent um getting getting a little bit more creative uh when you see that patient um is is on the therapist uh and then there are some there are some um limitations that the that that clientele may may present with um, that that it becomes uh, such a, a slow um, progression to to anything uh, that we would <clears throat> consider uh, <laughs> real um, lifting in in that realm of, of strength training that uh, that you know, either the client uh, loses interest, or the PT loses interest, or uh, so I think. There's some of that that goes on, um, but you know, I, I think that I think that we do strength training. It's just it's just in in different uh, different fashions. It's it's not um, it's not what you're talking about. I don't think.
2: Right. It, it, I don't think it is. I, I think uh, I, I agree with you, Joe, that the uh, the limitation really, in my opinion, is very, very self imposed. It's uh, it's partially, I think, a lack of understanding of what strength training and go- and good conditioning can really do physiologically, and that that is appropriate for our average client. And then also having the skill to know how to do that, to to prescribe it with the client, to. Um, to really get to the point where they understand the movements and what it feels like to be with some load under you or on top of you or under that you're pulling and and it's it's it it is also that the client may not buy in but I think that's also the responsibility of the therapist to talk about the buy-in and to to talk about the the need and the relevance of it and how it goes well beyond the four to eight weeks that you're there for some specific issue. This is a lifestyle change that needs to be made, and I, I know how hard that is, and the client may not want to do it, and that's I get that. But that, I think that's still our right. job and to so, uh, to work. So on the, that.
3: First, the first the if you don't have that conversation, if if you if you don't um, try to get them to see the bigger picture, the first time you make them sore, uh, <laughs> you're you're going to be calling them to see why they canceled their next appointment, and they, and, and that's 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 just you know it's as as uh, you treat a aging population. Uh, there's a finer line between, hey, I'm sore. Uh, this isn't this isn't going to work for me, uh, and and the understanding you know, that there that there's good, some good soreness, right? So I mean, I think that uh, having that conversation uh, and getting that buy-in is is crucial in being able to load them to a point where where you can uh you can really build some strength and not just uh correct things from a um neuromodulation type standpoint.
0: So part of that is is perception and being on the same communication wavelength as the patient, right? Because they come in and part of that is the what physical therapy is to people, and what they expect to do—whether they expect to get a massage, or manual therapy, or some hands-on stuff, or some little exercises that they've had before. So, if they come in and all of a sudden they're working out, they go, "Why the hell am I working out? I'm I'm here for physical therapy. I'm not here to exercise." And I'm sure everyone's heard that at some point. And so, I think this 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 is this becomes an interesting bridge between strength and conditioning and pain science potentially, Urson, because it it helps you have a a good conversation with the person. Get on the same wavelength, lay out the perceptions, educate properly, and then train so that people know why they're trained. That that they're they're not just working out aimlessly or working out for the sake of working out. That this is this is a a very precise and strategic loading in order to X, Y, and Z. Right?
1: Yeah. You know, as we're having these discussions with the past couple of guests, it's just um, it's remarkable to me because when we talk about again all the bitching and moaning on social media if there was social media when i started my career 18 years ago everyone would be complaining that there was there's not enough manual therapy and all pts do is modalities and exercise and you know some i remember one of the first jobs i took i used to say that the patients were training for the olympics because literally they would start off with like 15 to 20 minutes of of like moist heat and e and then they would literally exercise in the gym and in various rooms and on the kincom and on whatever for about three hours like every patient was there exercising for three hours and i'm thinking like man i don't even train for three hours these guys are like you know they were never discharged either and it was mostly like a gym and i just thought oh they need more manual therapy and you know for years and years it was more manual therapy and now i think when the pendulum is swung the other way now it's now it's we need more strengthening we need more loading and um I, I, i that's where everything is at so yeah in terms of the patient's absolutely you know i mean it was it's it was like the first time i trained heavy in about 5 months because my wrist was finally like better and the ironic thing is i actually still have a cyst it just that now it doesn't hurt and I, I was able to to push and pull a decent amount of weight and then yeah you know i was sore for like 4 or 5 days and i was surprised at how sore i was but literally i hadn't done anything but it, some suspension training um and run just regularly so i can only imagine even if you say, "Hey, you're probably going to be sore, Mrs. Jones. You know, you might expect to be sore after doing these exercises. Yeah, a little bit of overloading to someone who hasn't really done anything other than walk to the, walk to church or walk to the grocery store her entire life. They're probably going to be more than a little sore. And, you know, you you might lose some people, but it's all about framing it and then the, changing their expectations and their perception of what PT is and and what it can do for them and. As far as pain science goes, um, you know I I do see a a decent amount of people who are centrally sensitized, and the hardest part for them is I have to tell them that you know you might actually still have pain every day, but overall you're going to have more energy and you're going to be able to do more things despite the pain, and that's that's the hardest thing um, when working with strength and conditioning for them. But I think everyone these days knows that exercise is good for them. It's just a matter of it's a choice they have to make and that's not that's not always the easiest thing to do um, you know you can only assist them and educate them and as to how it's going to help them you can't make that choice for them though. No, I
2: mean, you that's... never can but but i was just gonna say that the um uh... i mean there's lots of ways to to get that buy-in and keep the buy-in and, and of course talking about a day one is is priority number one uh... for for what i do and what i teach my students and um, it, but it goes to the point of uh, w- what I would look at as sort of a two-pronged model. One, where you're you're thinking the long term, but two, you're also thinking of the acute or the immediate need. And so I, I think you, you know, we do a really good job um, as a profession of, in addressing the acute need. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt there. I mean, yes, we can squabble about, you know, like wh- how you do that and, and the the type of methods that you use to do that. But... We do do a good job of that. The The problem is that it does become a disconnect when you don't integrate those principles in from day one and you know you've got someone with an acute injury maybe they're post-surgery and, and uh, they have zero movement that they're able to do because of surgical precautions and, and things along those lines but that doesn't mean you know let's say it's a shoulder that doesn't mean the other shoulder can't do something that doesn't mean the hip can't do something and you know starting that from day one and educating them why you're doing that to say that well you know what three months from now when you're actually able to move and you have been moving for a while we're going to get you to the point where we actually want to be doing some pressing and some pulling and some deadlifting and things like that because we understand the the value of that for your condition right so you have to start the movement prep from day one and i think that also goes a long way in terms of mitigating some of the soreness that you get with that. Because if you're doing it from day one, if you're getting them to do bodyweight hip hinging as your initiation for a deadlift and you're doing, you know, bodyweight squatting and just working on technique, I mean, yeah, there's going to be some soreness, but it's not the same as if you're you're loading a a barbell and doing that, right? So if you follow a really nice progressive linear model, which is what, what I suggest, then you can get away from a lot of those uh, those soreness issues, right? So, so again, it's buy-in.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think the soreness is to be expected, and most people expect to be sore, and I think a lot of people expect to be more sore than they're really going to be, and it's all really about the programming, right?
2: Totally.
0: And it's you made a point, Erson, about the pendulum swinging, which I think is a good one, and it's an analogy that's used quite often. And I'm I don't think anybody's saying to get rid of manual therapy and because there's obviously benefits to that, and nobody's saying to just blindly put people on a strength and conditioning regimen because not everyone can sustain that right away, but everyone has a certain level of progression they need to go through and Scotty, you you made a great point as well that it's it needs to be discussed from that first point, and you might lose that person if they're not ready or willing to do that, and that becomes the the question of who is who is your ideal patient? and they might come back, and but that, that becomes again a financial conversation, is are you willing to lose possible patients and not hit certain productivity? So it's a complicated topic. End of the day, our priorities are still to help people in whatever help means to them. And it, and the, to, to me this is like a the, the progression or the change from a scarcity mindset to a growth mindset. Just because you read a motivational quote or just because you want to be successful doesn't mean it just happens. And the only way to do it, the only way that it's shown through plenty of psychology research is that you have to take small incremental steps one day at a time and eventually the change starts to happen. What, what can we do? What are those small steps For us to start to, one, have the conversation with the patient. How do we have that conversation with the patient? How do we get people to understand the benefits of strength and conditioning? And then how do we integrate that into daily practice? I know it's a loaded question, but let's break it down a little bit.
2: Well, in in my opinion, I think it's just a matter of living the lifestyle. Sorry, we, we don't accept opinions here, it's all evidence based. <laughs> well, of course, yeah. I okay, I'm study. done. I need a study to support your opinion. <laughs> yeah, sorry, don't have it. Um, well, I'm sure I could dig it up. But <laughs> the um, I think the well, now I've lost my train of thought. Thanks for that. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, <well>. great. <laughs> no. I, I, I think I think the big thing is it, it it's to change a perception and to change the the approach that people take—it's—I mean, yeah, you're right. It takes time. I mean, it, it totally takes time. But it—it—it it, it takes uh, the therapist buying in to the idea of what this approach does. And I mean, if the therapist doesn't buy in and and they don't choose to buy in, that's totally fine. I mean, it's it, it's you know, I'm not saying that you know heavy strengthening is is going to be in everyone's wheelhouse. I mean, if you haven't strength trained yourself, I'm not going to suggest that you as a therapist should be prescribing squats and deadlifts if you can't do or do not do squats and deadlifts you should not be prescribing squats and deadlifts and I mean in some way I mean and when I say squats and deadlifts everybody thinks athletic they think powerlifting they think you know heavy loading no 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 it's the technique it's the mechanics it's the modifications that that uh, are appropriate for for the person but in the end it's a lifestyle that has to be lived in my opinion and it's one that the therapist needs to promote as part of their their practice and to say that you know what this is what we do If, if you're going to choose to integrate strength and conditioning into your treatment I don't think it's, well, you know what, for half of my patients I'm not even going to think about it. For the other half I might bring it in there. I think it really has to be a lifestyle and it has to be that, you know what, if I'm a patient and I know I want a good long term program that's going to help me, that I know which therapist to go to. If I want something that's, you know, touchy-feely, not that that's bad, but if I want something that's massage manual only uh, or getting into the modalities, that sort of thing. There are places, there are clinics for that. And, you know, I, I don't, I'm not opposed. I mean, I'm not also in the situation where my financial uh, uh, independence depends on having patients in and out. Um, so I can say this with uh, pretty willy-nilly. But, you know, I, I also think that, uh, you know, therapists should be able to make that choice and to say, you know what, here's a client in front of me that I don't think that I can help to the best of my ability for what they need. So I'll send them to someone who can.
1: Right. I like that even if what it's think, working Chris? with a strength coach. I mean, a lot of the guys online, um like Charlie Weingroff and John Russin, and um they will tell you, you know, that you should hang out with people who aren't clinicians and particularly strength coaches. I mean, it's not you know, I got my CSCS a long time ago and I used to do a ton of traditional weightlifting, but I still had to go learn good form from someone and I had to have someone watch me too because just got often just because you think you're doing it right doesn't mean you are and you really need someone to critique you do a kettlebell swing or a deadlift and you might be rounding out when you think you're in neutral so i mean all these things i think uh, pts can stand to learn a lot from professions that that aren't their own they just think like oh i need to go hang out with more like-minded pts but you need to go hang out with people who could you can other gener- you know have a good um, symbiotic relationship with i mean if you uh, get in with a few good strength coaches in the area. Uh, it's in their best interest to have you treating their athletes uh, so that they can continue to go work out with them and then you can go hang out with them and, and, uh, you know, learn more about traditional strength and conditioning. And it typically is win-win, and they are also way more... Like, back when I actually had a clinic and I worked there every day, like, full-time, you know, one of my biggest referral sources was trainers or... And not doctors, because doctors, you know, you walk in and they basically like think you're scum. And you know, trainers are kind of like, how you know, how can I help you? So, people PTs tend not to think to market to um, people who aren't clinicians.
2: Totally, I, I need to tell you a story because I I, I th- this aspect for me, I think, is the most important learning process that I've gone through in my career development has been working with strength coaches. It's, it's exactly that. I got my physio degree, I got my master's degree, I got my PhD, I did an ACSM certification, I did my CSCS, and I did all of that before all ever... Right, show off. Yeah, off. I know, I know. No, 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 no. The point is, is that I had all of that education prior to ever doing a heavy deadlift. And now, now that's—I mean—that's partially partial on me because my my choices of of exercise have been uh, interesting over the years. Let's just say that, but you know, LTA, since since
1: right? TA, yeah,
2: oh, it's all T Well, it was right. You you heard my uh, untold uh, physio story one, right? Um, the uh, it, it it was quite a bit different. And what what the advantage that I had is is that when I got into teaching physiotherapy. Um, I had a student come to me and say, you know what, what you're talking about, cause I, I mean, I wanted change in the profession. I, I just r- really wasn't sure where it was going. And I had a student come to me and say, you know what, I've got this CrossFit coach that I work with and you know what, you should really meet him. So, so I went and I met this guy, his name's Chad Benko and he's, uh, he's my, uh, right now my co-founder and partner of, uh, Strength Rebels and he owns a CrossFit gym here in Saskatoon. And I literally, my world opened up and you know, all of the knowledge that I got through all of that other education, the the certifications and everything, not that it it meant nothing, but in the end, until I actually worked with a strength coach, I worked with a, uh, you know, actually doing the exercise, actually getting under load, knowing what that feels like, and knowing the power of how that can in and of itself just moving well, whatever that means, moving well, getting stronger, what that can do for someone's aches and pains and ailments and you know injuries and and it's it's like it was night and day from what i was doing to what i am doing and that has massively informed what i do now for my practice as well as my uh, uh my teaching um it's i think it's the best advice for any therapist wanting to do this is absolutely see a strength coach have an open mind have them teach you coach you Learn from them and learn how to apply that to your patients
0: I like that I think that that that's sound advice and us, usually when when you experience something, you get a different perspective on it and uh, you get a different depth you know we have a lot of width you can get a lot of width on 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 knowledge and information but but knowledge knowledge that that's that's just uh, kind of reciprocated and it, it's it's very superficial, so you might have a long amount of it but you don't have a lot of depth to it and uh no 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 pun intended to to depth here in in squatting and stuff but you got to have you got to have some level of that and just just demonstrating it to patients is not necessarily enough but I, I get the flip side of that is sometimes that's not possible we're not again we're not we're not making you know huge huge broad statements of everyone needs to do this or everybody needs to do that there's no real absolutes here it's just there needs to be integration i think it is the main point and i would i would love to hear especially joe like day in and day out how how is this how can this be integrated how are you integrating it cuz you you're running an insurance based clinic and i'm sure people are going to want want to know is okay these concepts are great you guys are bitching like everyone else is bitching that's fantastic how do we how do we fix this what are the actionables to something like this i uh, i uh i
3: take i take yeah. Yes. Yes. It's all on you to yeah, fix all I, I, of this. By the way, I don't. I don't just take uh, PT continuing education. And so I I, uh, I take CSCS education through uh, NSCA, and and I, I I do the personal training type courses to, to really. Um, I really. I really think see see that side of things and then yes I, I talk with them I work with them and 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 I think that it is important to to get hands-on knowledge I, I, I one of the great pearls um uh, that that Scott just said was uh that if if you if you don't squat don't prescribe a squat I mean uh, <laughs> it's if, if you can't if, if you can't do it uh don't don't try to teach it uh i i really think that it's important to to put yourself in uh in that place where you have hands on knowledge um and and can make adaptations based on the patient um and and can see where the patient is struggling based on your own experiences so um you know that i think that's that's the first thing is is getting getting people comfortable with with prescribing those exercises based on not only uh education but on hands-on uh knowledge and and practical implementation um you know people people do what is uh easy for them to do um and and i think that if you have a clinic that that uh that you're the one that's trying to change things um, it's it's harder for you because not everybody not everybody is in that mindset um, so I think you know, you're the change agent and and you have to um, demonstrate uh that that it can be done and it can be fun and it can be effective, and you have to bring bring along the other clinicians. To a point where you know their patients are saying, "Well, why can't I do the kettlebell swing?" <laughs> uh, and then, and then, and then you have yeah. then you have momentum behind your change, and then you can you can start uh, developing a a a culture uh, in in your clinic.
0: I, I I love the point that the continuing education piece, where you're not just taking continuing ed for PT, that it's not just fitting the CEUs because uh, I would would venture a challenge to anybody that's listening to ask yourselves your CEU courses over the last two years and how many of them have not been physical therapy related how many of them have been strength and conditioning how many of them have been business I I would say it's going to be a a very small percentage would be my guess so I I love that point Uh, last last um, last episode we talked with Scott Scott Morrison and he said something about exercises, and we—I we, think we were trying to pull an answer out of him, and he was—he was, he was very—he was very steadfast in his response because we were asking him about good exercises, and he was like, "It's not really about the exercises, and it's not about integrating exercises. It's, it's about starting out with with a base mindset that this is, this is what needs to be, that this is, and I want to finish out with this. And Scotty, you, you, you're obviously you're a professor and you teach." Does that base mindset need to happen? And I know this is a bit of a rhetorical question with an easy answer. Does this mindset need to be integrated back into the schools? Because if you start with a, a shitty understanding of what physical therapy can do from from the from the very beginning of your career, which is physical therapy school, is it is it tough treading to really change that when you get out in the profession? Because it's a bit of a slap in the face going from school to real world quote, quote unquote real world and and experiencing everything that new grads experience
2: well I think with the mind the mindset uh, that can happen anytime and, and you know I my, the story that I I just told was a uh, case in point of that um, I, I didn't learn this in school I didn't learn anything about strength and conditioning in school I didn't learn how to well I did learn how to squat but it was the the old school knees together feet together you know sit to stand um, physio squat as we really affectionately call it um you know but that was it that it, it, we didn't learn a lot of the principles behind uh progressive loading we didn't learn a lot of the principles behind um you know what what it really means to to modify exercises to to the client and and that uh so so the mindset can happen anytime when, whenever they're ready to do it but it, it's obviously w- way more of a challenge when you're already out there and you've got an established practice with it, an established routine that you do I mean, it's hard to break out of that. And I'm sure you guys know that. And you know, could it be better coming from the entry-level physical therapy education? I, absolutely. And I, I, I mean, that's the that is the quick and easy answer, is for sure. Um, and that's what I'm doing up here. Um, we, w- in our program, we've got uh, two two levels of um, of exercise-specific content, and then and then it's integrated into all the other uh, um, types of uh, courses of, in, in each of the practice areas but um, what we do is we have uh, we have our introductory therapeutic exercise and and physiology course that uh, that I teach and it's it's really understanding some of the basic principles around the physiology and and uh, um, I do integrate strength and conditioning into that into the 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 level of of understanding you know the difference between training for strength or hypertrophy or power which we we recognize now uh, the lines aren't as uh, as defined as they used to be um but then we also have an advanced level course, which I've now we've got uh, I've got a video up on our Strength Rebels YouTube that uh, that shows our new facility and shows some of the stuff that we're doing there, <laughs> and it um, um, you know it, it's it's a strength and, con- and conditioning facility that allows us the opportunity to do to do all these things. So the advanced course I've turned into a, an entirely practical course where they are taking the the techniques they're learning themselves and I actually have a requirement that they have to do them now obviously you know that's a uh, you know there's some concerns when there's medical issues and injury issues or disabilities and things like that and we work around that so so I basically say well what you know if you have a client with your situation whatever it is medically or disability wise or whatever, what would you do for that? So they—they, they, I asked them to demonstrate a, a pattern for deadlifting and squatting and pressing. And they have to show me that under load if they're medically and physically capable of doing so. Um, th- I think that's the first step. They have to do it. And, you know, we spend time with them learning that we spent some time with them uh figuring out what that feels like and then coaching each other and picking out each other's uh um movement patterns and and uh coaching cues and things along those lines and it uh, this is the first year we did it it massively successful i mean the students i think loved it um they they came out of the, that course, and they're in clinical practice now, and I'm getting constant emails from them saying how they're integrating it into their into their placements and and loving it and and really seeing the benefit of that. So it, it, it can happen at the school level, and and in my opinion, I think it should. But again, you know, I'm I'm probably fairly unique in the professor world in physiotherapy where where I have that exposure and experience, and I I mean it's you're you're not going to see that being universal for sure.
1: Yeah, that's crazy that you think that most students get most physio students get nervous about their manual therapy uh, practicals, but yours would be nervous about having to do a deadlift correctly and coach a deadlift correctly. I mean, you know, your basic therax is like you learn therax, you learn what the muscles do, and you learn what it could do to muscles and various tissues and cardiovascular system, but you don't ever you don't really have a practical on it. You know, in like well, the,
0: I still remember being in school, and Joe, correct me if I'm wrong on this. I remember everybody bitching. That we are not getting enough therax and there's not enough, um, just 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 not enough depth of therax And I still I still remember that people are complaining and bitching about the therax part of it. it.
1: Students have been complaining about that for wrong? years. Oh, for years they've been complaining. About no, yeah. no, you're
3: not remembering it wrong. We would have to go to the gym afterwards right. just so, to just to supplement.
0: I know we
2: did we did we actually did <laughs> go to the gym afterwards. Everyone just, has to go to Scotty to School. Sweat that out. Um, yeah, you guys can uh, all come up here to Canada. We we love everybody up here, so we'll we'll even take you guys. I I doubt you will. I doubt you <laughs> will. <laughs> I, I appreciate the gesture.
0: That is that is a nice thing, um, but I'm I'm not really up up on my moose riding skills, so um, I well will we, have we'd to, get you up there. I will have to uh, politely decline the offer to uh, to ride the moose. Although that that does sound that does sound interesting. Um, all right, so th- there's there's still plenty to talk about. This uh, the biggest the biggest thing that I, I know we, we're all very big proponents of on this podcast is 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 having meaningful conversations, but not just just bitching and moaning about things. Like we we want to actually have we want to have things that that push change and and push action and 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 give people something to to really strive for. So to to close it out, Scotty, what would you say y- your biggest piece of actionable advice to to start and down this road of integrating some strength and conditioning getting some resources some information and making making this real real world hashtag real life
2: well well fuck gene i've already told you <laughs> say it again <laughs> we, we, repetition we, listening, man, Jesus. Rep, no <laughs> it really
0: wasn't repetition scotty it's, yeah yeah no i hear marketing. you repetition
2: it is use force I've got it. The Force is with me. I am one with the Force. The Force is one with me. Yeah. Um, Great movie, by the way. I don't think Gene
1: hasn't seen it yet. Uh, I I haven't uh, seen it yet. Shut
2: your mouth. Answer the
0: question about... (laughs) Stay on topic.
2: (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, so... It's it's getting out there and living it. It my my answer to that is if you wanted a simple, quick answer, it's live the lifestyle. You have to lift. You have to incorporate in with you what, with what you do. You have to read about it. You have to talk about it. I I honestly believe as much as there there's shortfall in spending time on social media from the time suck to getting, you know, as Erson was saying, eng- engaging in conversations that are useless and, um, you know, arguing with people over and over again about the same thing. I, I I still think all of that is beneficial when you pick and choose your battles and it's, again, it's a, it's that lifestyle. Get out and live it and and learn as much as you can. Talk to people, talk to strength coaches, talk to the people in the physio world that are doing it and and try it out. I mean, you, you have to get into the lifestyle to do it and, I mean, it's so it's so complex i mean there's so many things like you brought up the pain science aspect of it and you know you can get lost thinking about you know when when people are starting to talk about the differences between well do biomechanics matter or does pain science matter or does uh movement variability matter or does uh, consistency matter or does the neutral spine matter like sounds like our last episode is, is that what you and Scott talked about? Yeah, no, it's, uh, I, I, I don't doubt that. And, and I imagine uh, that, that was what, what's, what's that guy? Oh yeah. He's another Canadian. Yeah. I don't know. I know who full, full well who he is, but that, that Greg Lehman guy, um, I, you know what? I love that guy You're and therapy, I hate that therapy
1: insiders throw down. I'm telling you, the first yeah, therapy yeah, insiders yeah, yeah, down, between two on. Canadians, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. You
2: know cool. what? I, I, I love and I hate that guy. He's like, he's like when my son was three and it's like, why, 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 <laughs>
1: Everyone, needs, but everyone needs a Greg Lehman though, just so you don't get too For sure,
0: they he, they keeps, do. He, he keeps it like at, at a nice neutral level. He's not too acidic. He's not too basic. He's just he just keeps it nice and neutral. You always need at least one of those moderate guys, but then, then you also need to push push in the other directions as well. He would say
1: salty, yeah.
2: salty. That's right. Yeah, sure, sure. I'd buy that. You know, it's it's listening to guys like that, and and you know when when guys like that challenge an opinion that you put out there, I mean, it's it's you know listen to it, right, and and say you know what, do I have a bias here that's preventing me from really getting the big picture? And I, I think that's really important because we all come with biases. I mean, obviously, I I have a significant amount myself, and. It's listening to to the people out there that give you these alternate opinions and saying, you know what? What can I take from that? You don't have to listen or or agree with them necessarily. You don't have to buy into what they're saying. But is there anything there that you can learn from? And and uh, to me, that's the biggest thing with these uh, with social media is is hearing these alternate views and and seeing what other people are doing. It's it, it can be really powerful.
0: Yeah, for sure. Joe, Joe, have you seen that I have. are your
1: on the you? only one that hasn't. Uh-oh. Oh, Gene. <laughs> so sad terrible that's
2: that's really sad man i know i know
1: you call yourself a fan
0: all right i got nothing else guys I mean, <laughs> you know, just, just sucked, sucked it was so good
1: me. right What's the sip?
0: yeah i i keep hearing it's good. I, I was very hesi- i was very hesitant when i saw it when it first came out just just how they would do it and no no force no jedis because i mean it's star wars you know? i like it better and, than um,
1: episode seven Really? What?
2: See, I liked I really like episode seven. I'd I'd put it actually you know what, I'd put it number two in my list with episode seven being number three. Oh well
1: I didn't even know if it's like number one, or number two,
2: Yeah, Empire Empire number one.
1: one. Yeah, Yeah. does nobody like
0: Return of the Jedi? I really like Return of the
2: Jedi. See, I do too. Return of the Jedi for me is between four and five, and 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 for me it's like uh, I actually like from from the prequels, the uh, the Revenge of the Revenge of the Sith. um, That and Return of the Jedi for me are they they flip flop, you know, between four and five for me.
0: Uh, I don't think we need to talk about the prequels. I actually um, like well, the too. It,
1: I really do. I don't know. Something about that last lightsaber duel, even how crazy.
0: Well, that that was an awesome battle. But that you, you can't say just because of that battle is the redeeming quality of of that movie. I mean, it, it's, the prequels are not good. There, there's no nobody. Nobody can tell me and believe it that the prequels are good movies. Well, just, don't
1: let the first two. <laughs> yes. what do you mean, don't let the first He's two. <laughs> You How do you know? know like the there yeah, two second. out of three are really, two out of three are really bad. Two out of three are really bad. Haven't I, I really like Revenge of the Sith? I really
2: like no. it. Revenge of the Sith. Was a great movie. Right. It, it, I mean, not as good as 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 obviously you just the other ones, but everything you talked about.
0: By saying that, <laughs>
2: right? well, you know what, you can you, you, you can just go quote screw yourself, should... <laughs> <laughs> um. You know what? The, the the actual turn of Anakin to Vader and, you know, just to see what he becomes like that's that's massive. It's huge. You like know, and, said, and just
0: the, because the last 15 minutes in the movie are good doesn't make the other two and, and a half the first hours. Battle the was first.
1: Awesome. It's awesome when all the Jedi fall. It's great.
0: Okay, so anybody okay. that hasn't watched Return of the Sith,
1: fast forward to the last 15
0: now? minutes of the movie, and you will See, like he, the movie. He can't even say the title right. It's Revenge of the Sith. Come on. Uh, yeah, exactly. I can't even say it right. <laughs> say Return uh, of so the so Sith. So yeah, just, just turn, just turn to the remiss. end when Anakin goes, goes cyborg killer on everybody, and uh, you'll enjoy the movie. Huh. That That's essentially what you guys are saying, <laughs> that the movie
2: is awesome because at the end he kills everybody I, I like, and turns into dark movie. I
1: like the entire movie. Gene's... He just, his, just... I,
2: I agree. You know what? <laughs> and I, I think the shift of Anakin—that's that's really the big thing. Just seeing his ev- or de- devolution, really, you know, and and the the progressive turn. I don't know. I th- I think it was. I think it was really good. Yeah. Anyway.
0: What What was it about Rogue One that that you like? Was it the whole movie as well? Because I keep hearing the ending is awesome. Because there's so oh, the many ending different. is awesome. Yeah, it is the whole. But movie, but no. But yeah, I think it's the it's, whole movie.
1: It's um. It, now, now I'm it, starting to get really, concerned really because you guys keep telling why. me I'm
0: starting to sense a pattern here of what you guys no, like. It's hard to if, say why this, I like it. I, 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 I just go watch Rogue and it, it is it. Revenge of the Sith all over again and it's awesome in the last 10 minutes. I will flip my shit on you guys.
1: Dude, you're going <laughs> to like the whole movie, trust me, but I can't say why because it would spoil it.
0: Joe, yeah. Joe was it a good movie? The the one the one voice of reason that, that I can believe. <laughs> it right was.
3: I, I I believe it was one of the, one of the best that the uh, Star Wars movies that
1: they've made. So done. Just do okay, it. All right, Gene. Go know. out and see. It. Gene's challenge for the week is go that's, that's see our Rogue one. hashtag
0: Challenge PT. Will, <laughs> will somebody please, for the for the love of God, tweet tweet at us, and at UpDoc Media, at Therapy Insiders, at Urson, at, at The o- o- M- P- o- M- the <laughs> Urson, what the hell is your the, Twitter the hashtag? Underscore o- M- P- the underscore. God damn it at joe dpt scotty what's your twitter hashtag
2: twitter is uh let's go with strength underscore rebels or inked prof scotty for fuck's sake um
0: (laughs) tweet at us (laughs) tweet at us was rogue one good yes or no just please tell me it wasn't revenge of the sith so when I go it's see the movie, it's much better I'm not, than that. Just
1: because I liked Revenge of the Sith, I, 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 I know because Joe, Joe said it was a good movie. So one, I believe, I actually movie. believe
0: Joe. <laughs> okay.
2: Yeah, we, I mean, we, you know, remember we're putting Revenge of the Sith down at four or five or below, right? You know, like True. Rogue One's at two for me. Okay, fair enough. That, that's yeah, I
1: would say it's a two for at me some, some scale It's a it. two for me.
2: So two. So
0: you would say Empire Strikes, Empire back, Strikes back, Rogue yep. One. And then what? Return of the Jedi, New Hope. What? Uh, I don't see, know. I, probably I, between I Jedi
1: put t- and um, I don't like a New Hope as much. Uh, I don't know. When I go back and watch, I'm like, man, it's so cheesy.
0: Which also yeah. makes sense because you don't like Episode Seven, which is like. No, a New Hope, I like Episode Seven. Episode
1: Seven would be number three for me.
0: Okay, gotcha.
2: Yeah. Well, see, you didn't put that in there. You said it was way lower, right? So, you see, I would yeah. do the same. Episode uh, Episode Seven's three for me, and then uh, then definitely uh, Revenge, and then um, uh, then I'd put New Hope in there somewhere too yeah so see, without seeing rogue one to me i'd have empire and then
0: return of the jedi and then a new hope yeah and then episode hmm. seven like you get you can't you, gotta, I, I, you, see the you just can't before get, before get better you rank than rank anything those <laughs> right
1: now, well i'm <laughs> saying without seeing that
0: movie because uh, i can't rank it without seeing it i'm just saying based on the original there's a huge hole in your
1: star wars experience right now
0: <laughs> so you say. So you say. Okay. Um, God, what were we talking about before? Um, yeah, strength training integrated. Blah blah blah. Let me know if Rogue One is great. Right. Yeah. Thanks
2: for <laughs> listening.
1: Yeah, we, we went the whole podcast <laughs> without mentioning functional exercise. Let's talk about functional exercise, right, Scotty?
2: Woo-hoo. Oh yeah, that's you know that's yeah. I don't know. That's a big that's one. Next do time. we want to open that? No. Yeah, do we, I was time. gonna say that's a a big can of worms. Yeah, we'll get back to that in our special April episode with Scott. Right. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's right. That'll be an awesome one. Older yes. adults. That's the other one. That's the other one. Older adults. Older adults are clients, right?
1: <laughs> what? I didn't hear. I never heard this one. Like, like no, old, old, older well, like Erson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not
0: Says the one with the wrist yeah. issues?
2: No, no, just, I, I, you know, I, I wanted to, one of the things that I'm doing a lot of work on my research um, recently and a lot of shit, things that man, I'm are working with is... <laughs> uh, yeah we are winding down but just let me talk damn it <laughs> <laughs> jesus no,
0: it's, it's, scotty's gonna wind this down right, finish it up <laughs> i mean all <laughs> i'm get, saying then get back on your moose and, and yeah.
2: go back somewhere uh, yeah he, he's ready to go he's gonna take a shit um but uh you know older older adults is just such an untapped market for physios and and uh from a prevention and wellness perspective, man, like the the power that you can get, you know, talking Star Wars, right, the power of the dark side, the power of the strength aspects of what you can do with older adults from, and, and research is very clear about the impact of strength in these guys, like, it is an untapped market, it is, I think, where we need to go in in our future of our profession, in my opinion, and that's, that's where I'll end it.
0: Okay, yeah I mean, that, that that's a lot to talk about in itself so um we definitely don't want to rush it and we'll, we'll we'll get back to to that population and shout out to to our buddy dustin jones and um the senior rehab project and his podcast and he's uh he's pushing that that population forward and rightfully so so um we'll, we'll definitely give it some love this season on, on this episode as well on this podcast as well awesome all right well Scotty thanks a lot for joining us putting up with us. Um it was it was it was fun to talk to you but obviously you know as much as we joke around we we really do mean to to drive change and 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 push and challenge but do it in in a respectful and really in a positive way because this profession is it is just has so much going forward and the impact that we can have as professionals as as um as directors and processors of of information that people come with i think is just this completely not completely but very much untapped at this point and uh, to me the opportunities are just so wide
1: open don't forget social media influencers
0: how how could i ever forget that how could i ever forget that um, Scotty, where, where can our listeners find you? You already threw out your uh, Twitter hashtags. Where else?
2: Yeah, so I'll, I'll just repeat them because, you know, you guys you guys brushed over them, right? So um, it's InkedProfScotty um, and uh, Strength underscore Rebels. That's on Twitter. And then uh, Dr. Scotty Butcher on Facebook. Uh, yeah, always open for debate and love to hear the positive and the negative comments, too.
0: Awesome. Sounds good. And we'll, we'll also get all that information into... Um, into our show notes on updocmedia.com because Scotty is Canadian and he talks a little funny so in case you, you didn't understand the letters that he, he <laughs> said we'll put that, we'll put that on the website so you can read
2: it. Well I'm not from Ontario so I don't say the uh, oot and a boot oot. Which is disappointing. Yeah was
1: very disappointing. much so
2: I don't think I pulled out in, uh, an A in the whole conversation either.
1: Not yet no.
2: I oh, don't know well you did now but <laughs> well yeah. just
1: now yeah
0: <laughs> also disappointing um Fantastic. So, um, guys, any any um, last minute, last second closing thoughts? Person?
1: Uh, no. Great. Side, Joe? <laughs> 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 well,
0: thanks for tuning in. Catch Scotty. Um, if you have any questions about any, anything that he's teaching, anything in terms of strength and conditioning, how to get started, definitely hit him up and check out updocmedia.com and we'll get all his show notes under the podcast and Therapy Insiders. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy that episode of Therapy Insiders Podcast with guest Scotty Butcher. As always, let us know. Let us know what you thought. Let us know if we're on point, if you have different thoughts, perspectives, views, whatever it is. Tweet at us at Therapy Insiders, at the OMPT, at Joe DPT, obviously at Scotty as well. Let us know what you think about exercise and physical therapy, strength and conditioning principles, and of course, as we said in the episode, about Rogue One. Gotta throw in some Star Wars in there. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you again next week on Therapy Insiders Podcast from UpDoc Media.